Can you see and hear me? I can hear you, but I don't see you. Well, I see you perfectly. <laughs> hey, how you do, how you doing, man? It's always good to see you. I am doing good, brother. Life is good. I can't see nothing on my computer. It's slow, man. Like our internet's slow. Hey, no worries. In it, uh, as long as you can hear me, I can see you. And um, if we get the audio, either way, because a lot of my distribution of the podcast is audio. I mean, the video does good, but the mm -hmm. audio is actually the the wider audience. I might want to see them. Yeah, that too. Mm. And I can't see you. I got a yeah. question for you. Why why you don't text me? I don't get my messages on these messenger things. Dude, I, I don't I think get I, on Facebook, Harley. <laughs> I don't think I've got a current number on you, man. Honestly, you suck. That's why. That's a problem with you. Well, okay. Did you change? Did you change it a couple years ago? Yeah. I think yeah, that's. I think that. that's when I lost it, and I had it, and. But it like wasn't saved, and we had texts back and forth, and then like I, at one point I lost a chunk of my numbers, and I, I think that was I got a new phone. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, man. I was training at the gym one day, and I set uh, I set my phone up on uh, like above a door, like on the trim, like an idiot, and it, it fell, and it, I saw it cracked, and the screen broke, and that's why I lost a big chunk of my numbers that I. That I'd previously saved, yeah. And I bet I bet that's exactly because there's a a few numbers I lost. It's like man, it's all all people that kind of got a new number, you know. Yeah, mine was maybe two and a half years ago. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. So what's well, up, man? Lots. I was just gonna talk to you about you know like podcast worthy uh, stuff. You know, obviously entertainment entertainment value you know but but basically man i wanted to talk to you a little bit today about just kind of kind of how you got involved in martial arts and that's what that's been, what that's it is it, well what that's been like for you real long but but uh you know like now i'm i'm sitting here uh watching you coach in the ufc on occasion and i've got to share the mats with you and have trained and learned from you yeah. Uh, a lot over the years i know a lot of people know you so uh, i just figured it'd be cool to, to sit down and talk about how you got here okay <clears throat> well when i first moved i moved uh i'd say back in 89 i moved to arkansas yeah before a bunch of y'all were born um anyways, yeah yeah um uh, it was probably about it was back in like 98. <clears throat> I was looking for something, um, but it could, I didn't want Taekwondo or stuff because of the, I've been to the Taekwondo training and stuff and it just didn't catch me, man. It was just, you know, these guys could kick, it looked good and all, but it just, it just didn't draw me in. It was just like, um, I don't know, man. I'm, plus I, I wasn't flexible, so I can't kick high. So, <laughs> so that was a, no, I'm done, you know. But I've sat and watched a couple of different places do it. And <clears throat> anyways, uh, 
friend of mine, uh, her husband had taught um, kickboxing, Muay Thai style kickboxing and grappling, uh, no-key jujitsu. And so I went up to a restaurant and I talked to her a little bit and uh, I was getting excited, you know, I was like, man, your, your husband really teach that stuff? She goes, yeah, he's got a, a class that he teaches at nighttime and I'm like, what time? And they're like, you know, it starts at six. And I'm like, crap, well, I work the second shift. You know, I was young and uh, worked at a factory. So most of the time they're going to put you on the crap shift, which is second shift. So I took second shift. And um, anyways, I couldn't, I couldn't make it to their class times because of my shift. So I talked to the gentleman. Uh, his name is David Swain. Awesome dude, man. He was a registered nurse. This man bent over backwards for me, literally. He, I talked to him, told him, you know, how I was excited about trying to learn that stuff. And um, this man worked 12 hour shifts, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And would tell me to show up at noon and we do it twice a week. And so at noon, I'd show up at his house and we go out in the backyard or in his living room and we would train, whether it was kickboxing or grappling. And he kicked my ass pop my arm, I mean, just done stuff, you know, when you're, you're new at it, you don't tap, you're more, ah, you know, it's like, ah, oh, I got this, and pop, and you're like, ooh, what's that sound? <laughs> so, uh, anyways, he entertained me a little bit with some stuff, and never really, like, hurt me, hurt me, just more or less, uh, you hurt that inside, because you didn't want to tap, and then you realize later in life, it's like, man, you get hurt, what good is it going to do? I can't train now, but, uh, <clears throat> anyways, uh, this man, like I say, he get off at seven, go home, whatever he does, get in bed, get right back up at noon. So you look at eight o'clock if he falls asleep, gets back up at noon when I pull up, four hours sleep just to train me for a couple hours, twice a week. Dude, that guy, you know, I owe everything to him. Um, anyways, he wound up, uh, we did that. I moved to third shift. Uh, I took a bid into another part of the factory in third shift. And when I did, I got to go train with these guys. And uh, that's where Trent and Ty were training at the time. And they're like 125-pound twin brothers. And they kicked my ass over. And, over. <laughs> and they're like spider monkeys, man. I threw them off, man. Back on me. It was just left and right. So it was even more exciting to see it in use with someone smaller besides the coach that was a little bit bigger than me. Uh, and just obviously he's the coach so he's got more technical skills and and he's got technology behind it versus me I don't know nothing like, you know ah, yeah. but uh, these guys whooped my butt and it just drew me in even more I was just like oh this is awesome um, so I wound up staying on that third shift to where I could and then I wound up bidding the day shift so okay but <laughs> throughout that journey I did about six months and I took a fight my first amateur fight and um I got beat. Wrestler picked me up, slammed me. We fight, and then they'd bell ring him and go back out and he'd shoot and pick me up, slam me. He did it three rounds like that, pretty much handled me. Um, but <clears throat> after about six months into it or so, um, he moved to California due to some personal issues and stuff and all. And um, he, before he moved, he, you know, he shut the gym down and stuff. He had some issues going on with that. So before he moved, he would either come to my house or I could go to his place and he'd still do little privates with me and didn't even charge me, you know, because he knew my passion into it, man. It was weird. It was just like we clicked. And um, 
And I, I just respect him even more and more for that because it's like he didn't – he was done with it, man. But he still come and gave me some time off and on. It wasn't weekly. It wasn't every other week. But when he could, I took it. And then um, he wound up moving to California. He was doing registered nursing and stuff there, giving enemas. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Who back there, huh? So, oh, uh, yeah, so he turned around and uh, I called him. You know, because I'd already fought over against Mr. Dream, one of Mr. Dream's guys, Darby Britton. You know, he's a wrestler. He's kicked my ass uh, all three rounds. And so anyways, I was like, man, I, I just got to train. I just got to train. So I called uh, David Swain and I said, man, is, is it going to offend you if I go train at Mr. Dream's in Sherwood? And he's like, no, not at all. He's like, man, I encourage it. And I'm like, man, I appreciate it because I'm just like, I got this itch. And I'm like, I cannot not do it, you know. And I was just like, you know, well, <clears throat> the crew where you shut the gym down, we tried to get together and, you know, and, you know, still try and hustle that little pay, everybody pay and pay rent and blah. And it went south, you know. People decided not to either show because it wasn't, you know, either wouldn't show or show up so much late that you're like, hey, I'm already going. I'm going back home. I'm not, I'm not, I waited 30 minutes. Ain't nobody that, or you wouldn't get the rent. You was paying the rent by yourself. And yeah. so it kind of become an issue to where it's like, yeah, I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to train you. So uh, I called Mr. Dream up and asked him if I could join his gym. And he said, sure can. He'd love to have me. <clears throat> I've joined there and been with Mr. Dream ever since 99. And um, there's just been, did my journey, and then <clears throat> when schools kind of split up and done their things, I stayed neutral, man. I didn't don't, don't involve me, please. I love everybody, guys. Man, don't get me pointing against this and pointing against that. When I just wanted to, I just wanted to train and be friends and family with everybody, and and they kept me in that in that neutral spot, man. Which was, you know, which I spoke up. You know, I didn't do nothing behind nobody's back. I spoke up, and that's what kind of got me into the, you know still being friends with everybody and doing my thing. And then later opened up my own gym. I got a black belt. <laughs> and then that was my journey till roughly here. What more in there you need not. Yeah. Well, okay. So how long did you fight amateur before you turned pro? I know you turned pro and have had several pro fights. I had three amateur MMA fights. I lost my first one. Uh, draw on my second one, which I felt like I really wanted. Nor here, nor there. Third one, I won. So I was one, one, and one. And I had a couple kickboxing fights. Um, so it wasn't long. Um, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. I just waited until uh, my coaches, Matt Hamilton, and them all felt like, you know, Mr. Dream felt like I was ready to go because. Um, I think a lot of it, I did go too early, and it was just because back in the days, it was different, though, man. As your amateur fights, we showed up. We didn't even know who we were fighting. You just showed up, weighed in, and they matched you, and that's who you fought. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so there was no prep training like all this is fancy nowadays. Old school was different, man. It was you, – you, we even paid to go fight on these shows and stuff, you know, so that the promoter could still make money and whatnot just to buy everybody a little uh, medallion or a trophy or something. But uh, that's how into it we was. We was willing to pay 50 bucks 
Literally, you pay 50 bucks to get your ass whooped. <laughs> 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 and yeah, it comes across weird. You're like, man, but it's like, it's, it's that's the excitement, you know. <clears throat> but uh, I can't, I can't remember when I went pro. I guess you could look it up on whatever them damn websites are, but it is show my very first pro fight, which would be in like Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and I can't remember the guy's name, but his nickname was a pit bull. And uh, we did a, it was snow and ice that day. And we took like a big ass suburban with like, it was, it was about six or seven of us popped up in this with all our luggage for the whole weekend. Um, and it was iced over, so it was like six to something hour drive from Little Rock, and it was just ice and snow, and <clears throat> we're all packed up and jackets on in this thing. And Mr. Dream played this god awful stuff. It was <clears throat> I, I can't even remember. All I, there's like a Lord of the Rings or something because the narrator was <laughs> DVDs, and all I kept doing and the Hobbit. You know, and I'm like, ah, I'm tired of this hobby. We're all cutting weight. You know, Mr. Dream, he gonna stop his coffee, his peanuts, and junk food from the damn jerky. Yeah, from the gas station, right? <laughs> and you're like, you're just, you're, you, don't even, you got like dry drool gumming because you don't have no saliva. You dehydrate, you cut weight. So it's like there's a, a fake dry drool going on. You're like, and uh, anyways, we did that. I think Raleigh had brought that damn DVD of, a 12 set or something of a damn book and we listen to that whole damn thing on the way there and the hobbit and just like yeah. <laughs> my precious yeah we get there and you know I think my first fight was at 143 and that was uh, I, man I'm thinking maybe a few years into it I, I'll be lying to you man I don't know you could Google what's a uh, MMA fighter stuff. What's that stats? Oh, uh, mixedmartialarts.com, topology. Yeah, look on there. You might be able to see if you see it, but I, my, my internet's jacked. I can't even see. Yeah, no. So I, I ain't gonna touch my internet. You know, everybody, you everybody will be able to see and hear you to find though. Just so you oh, know. I don't care. My guy. <laughs> <laughs> am i am i in the spot in the right you, spot you you, you you is i'm in a good spot you uh, glamming uh so you at some point i know during uh all these ass whippings and whatnot you you aren't you picked up a nickname uh if i'm not mistaken right yeah i took that one i think on my Second fight, second pro fight. <laughs> Fought uh, Jeff Bedard in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and what happened is, man, like I told you, I just would fight. I didn't care. But um, I was 1-0, and and this cat was like 11-0. and You know, oh. Jeff Bedard was on the WEC champions and all that crap. You know, he was a wrestler, dude. And uh, they needed a last-minute replacement for him. And they called me like two and a half weeks, maybe. I don't even know if it was that, man. They called me at a ball game. I was at my kid's ball game. Called me and asked me if I'd be interested in fighting. I'm like, sure, why not? You know, so jumped in the gym, you know, kind of did what we do. And flew me up to Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, this guy just pounded me, 
pounded me over and over. Pretty much he just throw his overhand right, boom, shoot in, take me down, ground and pound. We play, I go for submissions, he ground and pound some more. Then I try something and then the bell would ring and I'm like, yeah, and my face was like this. <laughs> I got pictures of ah! After the fight, um, pretty much the third round and they stopped it. I think it was the third round. Uh, I'm in the second round. But his dude, his dude, <clears throat> I heard his hands were broke from beating the crap out of me. It was just jokes going around or whatever, but I felt like they should be broke as much as he punched me. But uh, I had him in this mirror lock at one time in a half guard day, and I had it cranked, and he's arched back like this, and he's still hitting me. <laughs> I wasn't letting go. Um, but it was just funny. It was just like, man, dude, he, he pretty much manhandled me the whole round. They just shooting and wrestling me down and got positions and outworked me. It was like, I think, my second. And then my third one, I can't remember where I fought. I think it might have been Mississippi. But I fought like in a dog kennel. <laughs> I'm like, literally. And it was funny as I fought the flea. I couldn't tell you his name, but his nickname was the flea. It was funny as I fought the pit bull the first time. And then now <laughs> fighting the flea. So I guess I knocked the flea off the pit bull. He mad. He me, you know, ah, you messed up my dog. I gotta bite you. And then um, I went up beating him. And then my fourth fight, I think, was um, Rafael Sanka, which is in the UFC. And he was like 11 and 0 when I flew to Atlanta to fight him. And uh, he pretty much. Uh, we scrapped first round. He caught me with a bow, busted my nose, and uh, I didn't even need water between rounds, man. It was just like a damn faucet going. I'm just like, mm -hmm. I was like, my mouth wet dry. You know how you always look? Why? Why? Yeah. Didn't even eat it, man. My nose was just steadily flowing down, mm. down my throat. And um, uh, I caught him with an up elbow. Because <clears throat> I remember him telling me after the fight that I got him good, you know, and he was like, you know, he was. He was real respectful, man, but he was like, you got me good from the bottom, you know, because I, I, that's all I had, man. Like, he was just pounding me. And then the second round, we go out. <clears throat> I don't remember. We we went to fight and scrambling. He jumped guillotine. Obviously, I couldn't swallow the blood going down my throat, and he wound up catching me with guillotine. So. But, uh, yeah, I took a couple of fights. I took a bunch of fights. It was shitty, but. That's what we did, man. We follow. I don't care. <laughs> but I learned, and whatever I learned, I would pass on to my students going, don't do this, or I would watch out and not let them do that, or, you know, they all time grown men, they couldn't fight before, and they look at me like, were you letting this damn 16-year-old kid fight, but you won't let me fight? Yeah. And it's, the truth is, is because I care about you. That kid's been in the gym training his butt off. You haven't been. I want you to go out there and get hurt. You got family, a job to support, and you're going to get mad at me? No. I mean, you can get mad all you want, but my thing is, is my job is to take care of you. So I care about you enough that I'm not going to let you fight. So I didn't. I didn't let a lot of people fight. And uh, I told them, you fight for the next one if you put in the work. And I could see you could defend yourself, you know, handle yourself to someone, you know. But it's hard to explain people that. They just like, wow, I go to that gym and they don't let me fight. Great. Go to that gym, man. But. I want to let you fight when you're ready. Have a little bit of a fighting chance. So, <clears throat> so you you you're requiring all this experience, and at some point, you, you mentioned this earlier on in passing. 
we've been kind of filling in the blanks about it, around the same time you got your jiu-jitsu white belt, it, you opened probably, was it the Cabot location at that time? Yes, sir. Yeah, it was a Cabot. I remember y'all would road trip, come visit and train. All, all the time, all, man. Yes, on Saturdays all the time. Yeah, that was, uh, that was some good times, man. I, t- I, I tell people about that all the time and that was, you know, that was a major like confidence booster for me, man. Like, cause I remember like the second time I ever came up there, you're like, Oh, you just lead the class. And I was like, uh-huh. I remember like telling core, I was like, me lead the class. I'm trying to go train with this guy. Like, what do you mean? Me lead the class. Like I was like so nervous, but, but really for the position I was in and the position I'm in now and, it was uh, it was building for me, you know. And it's <clears throat> that's the stuff that you don't learn except for by doing that. In other words, it's like here's a trick, man. I'll invite anybody into the gym, and always have. And if you've got something you want to show, or you feel like, hey, man, this is our game. This is what we're working on. You know, hey, you're willing to share, man. I'm not stingy because. Theoretically, people can YouTube everything they want. They can find art or DVDs, whatever. They don't necessarily have to have that gym, but when you go to the gym, it puts everything into reality and perspective because the details in the DVD or the YouTube show you this, but then the other person's going to go and do this, and you're going to work, I didn't show me that. I'm like, duh. So you as, as opening up your own gym and coaching and teaching and stuff, coming in somebody else's gym, it's already a little intimidating, but it helps build you because what happens is now I got, I got to show them my A game, give or take. And it doesn't have to be your best stuff, but you give, you get out there and you get that, you put that in perspective, but also too, it shows you that I respect you because dude, I'm not, my people are going to look up to you as an instructor as they did me. One of these things is I don't look at it as like, I don't want, you ever feel you coming in, stepping on my toes, trying to teach? Because if you're grappling with someone and you do something, what do you think you're going to do? I oh, man, what'd you do? How'd you do that? Show me that. Guess what? Now you're over there showing somebody else's students a technique. Now, guess what? Another instructor, he might see you doing it. He's thinking, oh, he's over here trying to teach my people about, yeah, I hope he is. You know what I mean? The whole concept is, man, we're all together for the same thing. It's like, well, you get better. There's nothing you, he can't get off of something else or whatever, but he's going to get it. What happens is the better you make him, the better you make me, the better we make each other. So that's why I, I would put my own students in there, my white belts. I'd say, hey, you come into class next week. Tuesday is your night. You're teaching. Oh, what do I teach? I said, teach what you know and you're comfortable. Don't go out there on YouTube and find how to do this Uma Pilata crap and you don't even know what the hell Uma Pilata is. You know what I mean? Don't build it up fancy. Do what you're comfortable. I don't think it's a basic position to position transitioning. That's it. And then get man, you start building your people up. And then guess what, man? They start, man, I got to teach class the other night. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And what happens is when you teach, you have to pay attention to more details. That's what people are losing is because it's in the transitioning of everything. It's not so much the submission and the position. It's that transition. People, <clears throat> I, I talked to some of the guys here where I'm training now, and, I, and they're big, strong dudes and good purple belts. And I explained to them, I was like, man, do me a favor. Get rid of all submissions. Let's not even do any submissions. You ain't going to worry about me subbing you. I ain't going to worry about you subbing me. Now I want you to flow. And the only way you're going to flow and concentrate on transitions is by slowing down get rid of the submissions so what if i get your back now how are you going to transition out of that how are you going to transition into the out of this lawnmower how am i going to do it 
you slow down, you're not locked out, you're not in death here coming. So you slow them down and get them paying attention to the transitions. And then guess what? That gets you in and out of the positions for the submissions. So um, a lot of times that's how you try and swap it over. So going back to having you teach, it's the same thing, man. Uh, it's an honor having y'all come all the way up. Y'all deserved it. And, and y'all was part of the family. So teaching is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, man, those are some great memories too. Uh, just like I, that wall drill, like I, I, I'm sure other people do it. We didn't really do it quite that way where you just get everybody in a line, you go like 60, 60 oh, yeah. seconds. That's great. And we still do that, man. And there's so many things like that. Like I'll tell you something. I don't know if you remember, I remember going over it, but it's like a double jab and you like lower down and then you ankle pick them. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're doing that this week, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the front, like, man, so many things. Like that time you almost knocked me out with the twist kick to the liver. Yeah. (laughs) With the first Cersei spot. The the trick is, is if you take all this in perspective, same thing with um, Bryce. Uh, Man, everybody learns so much from everybody else. I mean, like you, you, YouTube, you get it from that coach. You get it from that coach. That visitor, that, that student, you get all this stuff, dude, so much amazing stuff that you can't remember. You forget more than you remember, right? That's the philosophy behind jiu-jitsu. It's like, yeah, oh, I remember that when someone else shows you it because it's, you know, them coming on, you got too much stored up there, and you're like, I can't remember everything, you know, but um, that's that's the whole thing is, like, you take nicks and picks, and most of the time when you get them, you're like, man, I, I forgot who, who showed me that, but theoretically, <clears throat> unless you you think about it, man. It's laying on the mats, laying kickboxing and all that. Over these so many years, somebody has done it. Now, whether they paid attention and they captured it and said, oh, let's give it this name, you know, because I created this. And then after it's created, people are out there like, man, I've been doing that crap for a long time. I didn't know the name of it. Well, there wasn't one, you know. So, But um, <clears throat> it's like even me on my stuff. I take stuff that I've got from – Mr. Dream, Matt Raleigh, all, all these people over the years, dude, and, you know, the, the Brazilians they brought in, Hops Amor, Tony Manuel, uh, <clears throat> all these people, man, and just over the years, it, and, and certain little things have clicked, and I can tell you who, who showed me that, and then most of the time I'm like, man, I have no idea, but, but those, <clears throat> that's the same thing for, like, people fighting in the UFC, man, they got coaches and stuff, but the way most people look at that is like, even if you hear, listen to the commentator, Daniel Cormier was telling that they did this certain move over uh, where they triangle both legs in the, in the ultimate fighter house. You know what I mean? But we've also, when Bryce was with me, we've also do that stuff. Most people do throughout the years, you know, but anyway. But one of the, the tricks was is, um, yeah, they can see us, you won't come away. Come back. I'm waving back. She's she's hey. uh, she she's the one got all this going. I don't know how to help do none of that stuff. So she's just well, they won't let, he won't let me. He's got me blocked. It's not yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> they want to see me. Or they want me to see them. I just can't see them. So anyways. What other so, finish my coffee that, man, I, that's I'm gonna have to pick one up on the way to noon class. I had one early this morning. Mm. 
Well, so man, you have produced like the whole time I've known you, and you, that's what's kind of nice is to get some of the backstory of like you know just like I know I've talked to you about your your uh, uh, upbringing or however you want to term it over the years, just like in passing, but to kind of you know kind of piece it together. But you produce a lot of really great fighters. It's the whole time I've known you, not just Bryce, uh, but like Wade and. Man, your gym is just kind of always uh, has had that culture. That's one thing that that I always enjoyed about training with you guys. Like, what? How do you just how? Like, what? How do you do that? How do you produce these top level guys? Is it just this attitude you have about some of the mindsets that you're talking about? How you coach your athletes, or what? Well, <clears throat> I guess you can put it a little bit like this: is I know how to fight. I just can't fight. I know how to look good. I just don't look good. <laughs> theoretically, man, it's it's them. It's the time and effort that these fighters and stuff put into it, man. And don't get me wrong. It's the match. The matchup as well. You know what I mean? <clears throat> if you look and you ask any of my guys, both my boys, Eli Rudy, Bryce, and then Wade, you know, those were my prime fighters at the, the majority of the time. Uh, we took tough fights. We didn't. We didn't look for that, like, cakewalk fight, dude. And, and what happened is you knew it was a tough fight, so guess what you had to do? You had to train tough. It wasn't no cakewalk. Oh, yeah, man, it's him. I can beat him. I've seen him fight before, blah, blah, blah. So 90% of a fight is mental. If you can get him in the gym, get him past that point and stuff, and get in their head and, and, and build that up, man, most of it, it's, it's on them. If they're going to put in the work, man, they're going to they're gonna come out with which is Good thing is, is you, you can ask Bryce on some stories, but <clears throat> there was this one time I took Eli and Bryce, Bryce to uh, Louisiana. Went down to Louisiana and both of them fought on the car. And, uh, man, Eli had a battle, dude. He scrapped on this old dude. At the last round, he catches a knee, dude, and, and it just splits him and stuff. But, you know, Eli's on this cat, won his fight. Bryce gets out there and fights, and he's in this uh, – kicking this dude's butt, dude. And it wasn't even supposed to be that way. You know how it is. We're just these nobodies coming up, you know, and um, <clears throat> we're kicking these big hometown team's butts. And and uh, Bryce is working this cat over. But every time Bryce passes his guard, gets the side mount, this cat would regard, you know, so it could never could never get to anything past that, past that and stuff. And if you ever seen the difference between <clears throat> most fighters, but Bryce was the worst, <laughs> his very first fight. <clears throat> you know how you could coach a guy and you could tell him to do this, pass the leg, trap their arm, and, and they can do it, and they hear you. Bryce? They don't like to energize a bunny out there with no guidance. It's like everything you tell him, he just didn't do. So you just sit over in the corner and go. And then when he comes in, you coach him, you coach him between rounds, right? And he's going, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Gets out there, <clears throat> does totally opposite again. You're like, what the hell are you doing? Don't listen, nothing. Because he's just like, dude, he's in go-go mode. He's not easy. But guess what? He's the one in there fighting. So I'm just like, I've learned to tell people. It's like, this is your fight, man. I'm here with you, win or lose. Man, if you lose, we're going to be in the back of the restroom. I'm going to be crying on the inside. You might cry on the outside. So be it. We're going in this together, man. I've been in the gym. We're in blood, sweat, blah, blah, blah. But 
sometimes you've got to listen. You have got to take it, and that's going to be an opportunity to help you win. Even if you might win without these little details, but it helps you in the long run, right? So there was this one when we went to Louisiana, I was um, hollering at Bryson. I was telling him, between, and I told him between rounds, you go north-south on this cat. Instead of stopping right there at the hips, you go north-south. Go all the way around if you have to when he comes up. And, man, he did that. Click. He was all over this dude's left and right. And every time that happened, he'd do that. And this dude couldn't shut him down then. Couldn't regard. Couldn't get, you know what I mean? So it's just an eye-opener. And then what happens is, man, as you get more experience compared to his first one, compared to that amateur fight, you start learning, oh, man, I need to loosen a little bit. You know, and first time, blah. This is his first fight. His first fight, he goes out in his first round, he's scrapping bloody mess, blah, blah. Goes out there and he comes back in the corner. He's like, he's like, my shoulder, I can't move, it's hurting. I'm like, shh, don't say it in front of the, the, the um, oh, hell, what is it? Referee. Not the ref, uh, Commission, don't say in front of you. Yeah, because ref usually goes stands over neutral. <clears throat> he should be in a neutral spot, you know what I mean? And he's watching whoever took the most damage, trying to figure them out, making sure they're still compatible. But uh, anyways, I'm like, don't say, I said, okay, listen to him. Here's the game plan. It's next round, go out there, shoot him, take him down, and you wrestle him out and try and get a sub. And that way you ain't got to punch him, throw your show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So bell, bell rings, we're out of the cage. He goes straight out there and throws his big overhand right. Boom! Hits the old boy right on the nose. Dude's just gushing blood. Price is all over him and stuff. And then next, you know, the ref stops. It calls time. Doc comes in and looks and just like, I guess it's a broken nose because the blood's just coming out. So he stopped the fight. And I'm like, what? No, where are you? Told me your shoulder was hurt. And I'll tell you something to do besides throw the punch, and you go right out there and throw the punch. I don't know. I just did it. You know what I mean? Like, that's how they do 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 it. And then uh, you start getting them experience and time, and guess what, man? They start listening, and they're like, Ding. you know. But besides that, man, the, the fighters I've created, they're that's them, man. That's them. That's them. I just give them little nips, ticks, and ticks, and congrats them. But there's you got to tell yourself, man, if it had – you can get people who can fight, and then you can get people who can fight and want to fight. And there's your difference. Yeah. Man, I think um, Bryce is definitely all of the above. Yeah, he is, man. He, ever since he first joined, <clears throat> make me tell you a story about his mama crying on his first fight, amateur. But um, <clears throat> he's uh, – that's like Wade. Wade's like 12 and 1, 12 and 2. Yeah. He fought tough fights, like, especially he fight up weight because he was too fat and lazy. Yeah, way too fat and lazy getting in the gym and keep cutting weight. So he just be cornbread fed and drinking beer and didn't want to come to the gym. So he get, uh, yeah, coach, I'm ready to fight again. Well, where you at? 200. Uh, yeah, we fighting at 55. Fool. <laughs> so it started skimming him back down, pick him a 170 fight, and then here you are, dude. You're a small 170, you know? You just uh, <clears throat> so he would be going. I believe he would be in the UFC with Bryce if he'd stayed at 155 and put his time and effort. But that's the trick. Man, it's not me. It's what do you want to do? You've got a window. You tell yourself you have a window for fighting. 
and the window is shorter than you think. So there's 24, you know, fighting and cement. If you say 35, so maybe 25 to 35, you get UFC. You get a 10 year window. You're not going to fight for a couple times, two, three times a year, if that. So you're going to tell yourself, ah! sorry, the, um, the window is short versus what happens out there is you want to go hunting, fishing, eat cornbread, and just be old country boy, drink beer on the weekends or through the weeknight, whatever, and just skip training and all. And then what happens is you're, you're, you're only given a partial of your wants. And then guess what? <clears throat> when it comes time, man, you're only halfway fighting these cats when you should be full fighting them. Fight to win instead of fight to just make a little bit of money and just to get in there because you enjoy doing it. So you have to tell yourself that that window, it's there. And that's if the UFC decides to keep you. You lose one fight and they said, we don't need you. Man, they got thousands of fighters, dudes. That's the same thing. So the mentality we tell Bryce is, dude, you got one fight. Go in there to win this one fight, you know? You don't never know. The UFC's got so many people. It's like, man, that the list. It's like, how do you pull from them people, right? I mean, there's so many. How do you keep, how do you keep all those people on that list fighting? Well, you got to put on more UFCs, you know what I mean? That's the only way you're going to be able to do it. And it's like, so <clears throat> I tell Wade is, here's the trick. You got the rest of your life to go out there and eat cornbread, hunt and fish and drink beer and party and do whatever. You need to dedicate this early part of these years into that. Now, here's the trick. I don't care what you do. I'm behind you, man. If you just want to eat cornbread and hunt fish stuff, I'm your friend till the end. They don't have to fight. But if you really, really want it, you're going to have to pick and choose, man. It's hard because, man, it's like living life, going out, and not having to be at a certain time, certain place, you know, and going and get war out, blah, and stuff. I mean, it's commitment. It's commitment huge, you know. So that's the trick. Why you would have committed and he'd been to UFC too. I guarantee you he would have been. He's that good. Man, one time I tell people this story. Uh, anytime I go over arm ride, anything arm ride related, like one time I was training with you guys. This is at the first Cersei gym. The I get like Max Bishop's old spot or something. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. But he had me in like like he basically had my arm pinched between his knees and then yeah, yeah. and then like a telephone sort of trap on the yeah, yeah, yeah. whipping my ass, dude. <laughs> and I, I got out because actually I you'd show me a way to get out of that. Yeah. And after after he got done whipping my ass, he goes, People don't normally get out of that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dude, you whip my ass so hard, bro. Like it was like I just did one thing. Uh, like but it was uh it's funny, but yeah, like, maybe you, something else. He put you in the pretzel hole, huh? He said, man, I, that pretzel hole, oh yeah, first thing I did is I thought about biting the nearest thing to me. I, I bit it in my own damn nut, boy, but I come up out of that, that submission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, how many how many UFC fights have you cornered now? I mean, you guess you've been in, in the corner for all of Bryce's? Yes, sir. This is the fourth one. The first one where you got something shoved way on up your nose. Right? Yeah, this is the first one for that. That was crazy, man. I wonder if that'll be protocol, like, moving forward on it, on all big events like that. I think until this COVID scare goes away, man. But what's funny is uh, 
Arkansas represented. We didn't wear our mask or nothing. We was we was getting they got onto us a bunch, man. That the UFC, then people got onto us. <laughs> we was just like we didn't care. We was like, man, we we're clean. We ain't worried about you nasty. Just blah. You know what I mean? Like we're just the type of people. It's like, man, it is what it is. You're gonna get it. You're gonna get it. Whatever the flu cooties. Who gives a crap? But this right here, they suck and suck. Man, I think I even started to get a fever blister from freaking breathing my own hot air in all the time and talking because you're like just talking and strapped in the mask and <clears throat> it's just annoying, dude. And it's like, man, we we put them in our pockets and then when it got onto us, we pull them out and put them on. But but. You, everybody walked by, had them on, and there was other people doing the same thing as us. They didn't care. It was just like, man, screw all that crap, you know? I mean, here's the trick. We, we was walking downstairs, and Eddie Bravo was sitting over there with one of his guys, Jeremy, uh, 10 Planet guys. And um, Bryce was like, hey, Eddie, you know? And he's like, oh, hey, Bryce, you know? It's like, hey. And Eddie's just randomly, he's like, man, I want to show you some stuff, you know, blah. And he's like, when you want to do it? He's like, let's go right now. So Eddie Bravo was like, let's go train, you know? So we're like, we was on our way to go eat. And uh, so we, we all had personal training spaces up there. And I put video and showed it, tried to show it. Yeah, you had your own mat, your own little room and stuff. <clears throat> so we went up there, man. Eddie Bravo um, and Jeremy come up there and, and we just sat up there and they just rambled on about the the – the techniques of the twister, the this did, and that. And did Eddie show Bryce that Swedish twister, or had Bryce been working on that? That's oh where you pa pass that hand, you you go like. Is this the one where you pass it down by the waist? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Eddie showed that one. Uh, I, I believe Bryce was familiar with it. Can't give me 110 percent of it, but Eddie did show that one. It would be a good ground and pound, so he did do that. But. But um, Bryce showed him a trap from the back to get into the twister, and Eddie loved it. He's like, oh, yeah, which is off of MMA. And that's what they was this, you know, going with is like, man, my stuff's kind of off of MMA-oriented, and then Eddie's is off of jiu-jitsu and grappling-oriented, you know, and stuff. But it was just – and then Eddie started showing some other stuff, and he was like, oh, that's nice. You know what I mean? It was just like – it was just a damn free seminar, man, for Bryce and us up there, just the clinic. And he let me record and stuff. And also, it wasn't like he was just like, no, you can't show you this stuff, man. He was cool as could be. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> Bryce got to talk to him about the earth being flat and round. And him and Bryce are on the same level that the earth is flat. <laughs> earth is flat. Dude, they were they were on a fight companion and uh, they were just losing it about all sorts of shit. And then Eddie just goes, "Let's start talking about nine eleven, <laughs> like out of nowhere." Dude. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, Bryce and him just went. Then they started talking about their conspiracy theories over everything. This COVID, Bryce got a good conspiracy theories over this COVID and stuff. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that's funny. I'll have to see if I can add Bryce back on the podcast sometime soon. He's been on once before. Now, now, now it's easier to. I've been doing them every with everybody like this. It's a lot easier to get more people on. Yeah, he's also uh, his manager, and them. They put out a new Facebook for Bryce, so everybody go out there and like his page. And I guess trying to friend request him. I don't know um, if you're limited to five thousand. Normally, it's a, what about a Facebook is allowed. He's going to be swamped in no time. I ain't even his friend yet. But he's a hundred thousand uh, Instagram <laughs> followers too. That's amazing. Uh, it's funny, you know, because he just 
just him. Yeah, it is, man. He's uh, he's a good dude. I've I've always enjoyed being around him. Yeah. Well, what's uh, so like? What's anything for the future? Are they going to try and get Bryce out there again pretty soon? I would think so, right? Just just being knowing Bryce the way I know him over the years is he don't usually jump back in for three more months. He don't care. In other words, like he he's not a person who wants to just do like Cowboy Cerrone, just fight, 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 fight. No time for recovery, you know, wear and tear on the body and stuff. He's fighting smart. So um, I don't see nothing for another few months that he wouldn't be interested, unless they had something they offered or whatever. But as far as right now, you're looking at a few months before Bryce would even be interested in taking a fight because Bryce got things he wants to do, man. That's just – and plus, like I said, he don't care for the wear and tear and wants his body to recover a little bit and then regroup and obviously put on a little bit of more muscle size with his strength so it'll help him. But, you know, it takes time. You ain't going to get that, you know. And if you was to take a fight right now, you wouldn't be able to put on the muscle size and strength you need for a fight in two months and be legit, you know what I mean, because it's like crap, man, because you're too busy concentrating on everything else that <clears throat> two months is just – so he's going to – he usually is pretty smart about taking it easy into it. Unless they offer him something you can't refuse, and so be it. But as far as that, he'll wait a little while. I wonder who they'll be. Um, I mean, there's a lot of speculation around who his next opponent's going to be, if it'll be somebody from the top ten. I've heard a lot of people talking about him maybe fighting that Zabit Magomed Shapirov dude. Yeah. We've been, That'd be crazy. <laughs> we've heard about that Dan AJ. He just fought. He fought Barbosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard like him at once. I don't know. Um, man, it's it's up for grabs. I mean, if you think about it, <clears throat> his last fight. If you if you look like his his first fight in UFC, second fight in UFC, his third fight in UFC, which was the Twister, and then now his fourth fight in UFC. His progression has just been skyrocketed. You know what I mean? Like. Obviously, we fight that Bobby Moffat dude, and they weighed in uh, after the fights. They make us go back and weigh, and Bryce is like 55, and this cat's like 65 after the oh, fight. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was just like – it was a big 10-pound difference, whatever it was, 52 or 62, whatever the fight was. But it was just like this dude has size and strength, and Bryce, yeah. Bryce was still able to pull it off. You see what I'm saying? It's like, uh, man, that's <clears throat> that's just – Part of it, you know, Bryce, you go fight at 45, you either got to put on some size, you know, and be there size and cut so you have the size and strength with you or, or not. Uh, the sales cat, uh, when he did the twist on him, man, that guy um, talk smack, uh, you know, obviously Bryce don't talk smack. He's never been in our resume for talking smack, but uh, that guy was talking smack and then he missed weight and uh, Bryce just jumped on him as well. And then, um, obviously, Rosa talked to Smack yeah. about taking a limb home and hashtagging, you know, stuff. And I think Rosa, I mean, Sales might have been the one who said hashtag fuck the nasty or something. But it was like, no. No, so it didn't go good. And then, um, yeah, he put on a clinic for this Rosa cat. And um, when he got done, like I said, the Rosa guy was very respectful about it all in the end. You know what I mean? What can he do? I mean, but that's just like this, too. If you look at the arm triangle to the twister, you know, it was just 
left and right submission. But what was a 30 24 uh, fight? Yeah, it was 30, 30 25, 30 25, and 30 24. So, but um, yeah, he put on a clinic, man. It was just left and right, taking down at will, and which you think Rosa wanted to go down to as well because he thought his jujitsu was going to be better than Rice's because he comes from, you know, American top team, dude. They're a legit crew. They have some yeah. best people. And then here you are, this little country boy, skinny, don't have no muscle tone, Harley, and just manhandling. So um, there was. They got the last round. They got to talking shit pretty good in there. I don't know about two minutes left, maybe or something. Really? About maybe a minute and a half. If you listen to the fight, you can about a minute and a half or so left. You can hear where it's quiet. The commentators aren't talking, and then Raleigh's telling Bryce to stay on top. You know, if you get a submission taken, but if oh, I do remember that. Stay on top. And then you hear me right afterwards saying all that shit talking he did. And then the commentators, Joe Rogan, and just bust out and start laughing. Because we can hear each other. We don't realize it. We're not used to it. So, and Dana White's right over there. I mean, it's like everybody's right there. And you don't even realize, man. It's like, ah, oh, we can hear everybody pretty damn good. So, uh, you can hear their cornermen hollering out stuff. And they're talking crap, trying to get, oh, you got him right there. Come on, lock, come on, lock. And it's like, he ain't got nothing. You know what I mean? Like, and here's a trick. Bryce was like, even, hey, everything he can hear from me, he can hear from their corner too. So whatever they tell him, it's like, hey, I'm sick. I, you know I can hear y'all, so I ain't letting him do that or whatever, you know. Uh, so it was kind of hilarious. It's a, but it's no different almost if you're really fighting, fighting. But what happens is because there's no crowd, it's quieter. You pay attention. You can hear what your coaches are saying. You can hear what commentators are saying over the damn commentating part of it and then the other coaches. So it's like, hey, it's like, man, I'm in here fighting. <clears throat> so it, it becomes this, uh, do I pay attention and listen to that stuff and keep fighting my fight, you know? But um, was that at one point he was, he, Rosa said something about standing up. That's what yeah, I, uh, well, what happened is he was talking shit to Bryce and Bryce was pretty much, I man, Bryce told me, you know, he, <clears throat> the guy was like, just let's stay, let, let me up and we'll bang, bro. <laughs> and Bryce is like, well, fuck you. Fuck you <laughs> he told him right there. And, and uh, Dana White sitting right there. He's like, I'll fuck you right here if I want to. And he's like, oh, Tom, just like telling him this dude. This is like, <laughs> and that's roughly where I started saying, yeah, all that shit talking he did, huh? I bet he does want up, you know, but <clears throat> it was, it was one of those things where, but, um, that's, that's the whole trick is like, man, you pissed off Bryce, first thing is. And then people underestimate him. He's like, they, you know, Raleigh MMT. He's like a Damon Maya of jujitsu, grappling, MMA. You know I mean? Like, he's just that cat coming back, you know? Um, to me, I tell him he's like a mix of Khabib and Dan, Damon come out and <laughs> um, Damon Maya. So it's like, man, he just, and his stand up. His stand up, people, you know, they haven't seen his stand-up, really. His stand-up's good. His stand-up is good. He it's just, all good. He just chooses not to use it because he's like, I'm going to take you where you don't want to go, which is in the water, in the deep water. Just, you know, cook them to the bone. So he, he's taking you to that. If he has a stand-up with someone, you know, he's he's scrappy stand-up. He's got some skill. So he don't count him out on his stand-up. He just, hey, they ain't getting to see it. They don't need it. I'm, they got to worry about this part first. And then we'll – 
you know, if you got to go to stand up, so be it. But <clears throat> this is where he's happy, so we'll keep him happy. But as far as like those submissions, I think he had Rosa in more trouble than Rosa told him afterwards. Like Rosa's like, yeah, man, you know, and Bryce was like, you was faking some of that. I could hear you kind of like, Ugh. you know, and so you was doing that. You know? But I think, <clears throat> here's the truth. We call it a booty call or a phone call. You, you could choke, man, you could choke people still doing this. It just buys you time. That's it. Doesn't like stop it. There's people that can choke you while you're still doing this, man. For sure. I, so I think a lot of it is Bryce didn't want to blow his arms out, squeezing and holding and holding and stuff. But that's just almost the part where sometimes, man, you just gotta you gotta know you got it and give her hell and just mm-hmm. you know he'll pass out or something. If you know you don't have everything right trapped up, then great. I understand. Use it. Try to wait for it. Be patient. You know, maybe he'll move and open, create that opening for you. You know, um, but as far as that, yeah, then transition, come back to it later or something. But I think one throughout those attempts he had, I guarantee he had it. He just second guessed himself because this cat's playing the game. You know, is is he making it, faking? Because it's like, how's he already? And I just squeeze, just got it. You know. But, that, that guy put his hand ready to tap a couple of times, yeah, not yeah. It, it, and just the arm triangle once and a twister too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So that stuff hurt, and he told us afterwards. He, we met him at the restaurant. He was a nice guy. I asked him, "Is there any? I want to get a picture." Yeah. So I took Bryce's phone, gave him a picture, and junk and all. And then Rosa come back a little bit right before we walked off and asked for me to use his phone, take a picture of them together. I mean, he. He was respectful after he got, as soon as he got up, you know, he told Bryce, he's like, man, you're champion material, dude, more or less. He's like, dude, you know, he's, he's just manhandled him. I mean, think about it, man. You're damn right. So. Yeah. Three to deal <laughs> Shout out to some of our old ball knob fans calling out. Oh yeah. Well, hey man, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up, man. I, I've I've always wanted to do a podcast with you, and we'll have to save some more for another time. Okay, bro. Uh, for sure. What? Well, and first, before we wrap it up, uh, for my own self, or did you text me? Did you text me your number? I did, man. Okay. Through, through Messenger, that's what you've been. Oh, through Messenger. Okay, okay. I hadn't checked that. I didn't see it on my. Text. Yeah, I just put it through Messenger. I Man, I would love to. Uh, we'll have to get together. Um, let the puppies play, or uh, yes. maybe. Man, I'm out for the summer for teaching right now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm free to. I'm free to travel around, and uh, I would love to come train with you some night. You got my number, man. Call me when we get done. Uh, text me so that we know. I know you got it, and then um, we'll schedule something, man. For sure, man. Great seeing you as always, bro. Peace. Love y'all. All right. We'll see you.